The brain is like this thick forest. And our goal is to help create paths in the woods. And the first time we travel a path, a lot of times we look back and we're like, how did we get there? Obviously, we got from point A to point B. But when you look back, you can barely see the path and how you got there. But the more often you travel the path, the clearer the path becomes. The topic of today's podcast is the power of e-binders and e-portfolios. Collect, reflect, and recollect. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote and blended learning. Education Education is our passport to the future. All right, and we have kind of an epic long quote here today from a couple education researchers, Chickering and Ehrman. And they say, students do not learn much just sitting in class listening to teachers, memorizing prepackaged assignments and spitting out answers. They must talk about what they're learning write reflectively about it, relate it to past experiences and apply it to their daily lives. They must make what they learn a part of themselves. There's a lot in that one, Rena. Uh, Any golden nuggets you'd pull out of there? I think there's a couple. Um, I like how they related it to experiences and apply it to their daily lives. So students can make connections and understand the value of why they are learning something and they have buy-in, then they will learn it. If they can't make that connection, then they're not going to do a great job learning it. And that kind of connects with mine because what struck me is the memorizing and spitting out answers. And I thought of the word regurgitating when I, (laughs) I heard that phrase. And that's not a very pleasant word or thought. And neither is it very effective for um, learning. I I agree with you, Rena, that the other is much more effective. All right, we're going to try to stay away from the regurgitating and and do more about the processing here. And really, we're going to look at at two big parts of this topic, and that's the e-binder and the e-portfolio today. And woven within that is that collect, reflect, recollect kind of a theme that goes there. Uh, We'll start with the e-binder. And uh, maybe we'll each take one of these pieces. I'll, uh, I'll start with the collect chunk. And uh, when I think about collecting data, I, I think about um, a study that was done of third through 12th graders. And this, the researchers found that there was a direct correlation to disorganization and poor performance on grades. Um, in fact, they, they said, I quote, all problems were related to students who are not organized for learning. So late work, unprepared things, uh, even attitudes. That organization was like a foundational piece that set students up for success. And they said of all the tools, some kind of a binder to keep things organized was perhaps the most effective tool to help kids be successful. So when we think about that, you know, how can we find some place, and now with everything being more digital, how can we find a digital place where students can bring together all the materials that they need for their learning experience? How can they bring in what the teacher gives them? How can they bring in their notes? How can they put their learning artifacts in there? How can they organize their assignments in that place Um, and their finished products? How can they bring all those together so that they don't lose things and that so that they can kind of reflect back on what they had? And that includes multimedia as well. 
you know, back in the day, it was just paper, pencil, written things. But now even how do we collect and gather those multimedia artifacts of our learning? And I would say OneNote and Google Sites are big ones right at the top of the list. They're very versatile and they can work in the Microsoft or the Google platforms. Part two is reflect. Rena, how about uh, reflecting on reflection? <laughs> so... Reflection to me is one of the most important things that students can do, reflect and then act upon that reflection, which we'll talk about next. But we need to allow time for students to routinely revisit. And if you use an e-binder or they're using an e-binder, it's really easy to find. And if they're organized, find that revisit. And it also is really great because then they can see the development of their work over time and see how they've grown and been successful. So I work a lot in science. And one thing we focus on is developing students' understanding around a phenomena. <laughs> so for example, I think it was this week, we were watching a video of a time lapse of a pumpkin that disappears and it's decaying. And students have to create a model explaining the phenomena. And they start out basically with whatever background knowledge they have, they create a model and they continually revisit and reflect upon that model. And as their thinking is developed through reading, understanding, maybe watching videos, discussions, as their learning develops, they go back and they reflect and they add and they change and they develop that model. And it continually grows until their understanding has developed to a point where they really do understand that phenomena. So that's just an example of how if they have an e-binder and that in there, it's really easy for them to not lose the paper. I don't remember what my first drawing was and it allows them to make those connections. And it's really, it's so fun. I mean, down to where I've had seen five-year-olds be able to say, well, this is what I used to think. This is now what I think. And this is how my thinking developed. And to be able to show that, I mean, kindergartners can do it, a version of an e-binder. Um, so it's really powerful and um, they can do that all the way. I We use it as adults. So reflection is huge. And they can do it in many subjects, writing, very similar, um, all of the subjects, math, all of them work. Um, and then I, the other thing I love about the e-binder with the reflection piece is that they're able to share it. So it's no longer just personal. It now can be shared with the teacher, but also the class or a larger audience. And they can work on being global communicators um, and collaborators and they can help develop a really positive digital footprint for themselves because we're going to talk about portfolios, Nick, so I don't want to spoil it. But even an e-binder, they can put out there, if they develop that positive footprint, that's going to help them with their future. And then the third element is recollect, which um, weaves a lot into that reflection that you mentioned, Rena. It's really to help students understand, um, to help them with their understanding and retention. It's important that students routinely revisit, just like you said, Rena, the materials that are in their e-binder as they study, because we know the more times they revisit and interact with their learning materials, the better able they are to recall and then use their new knowledge and skills. One really good strategy for doing this is called the 10-2-2. It's where you chunk the learning into um, time segments. So for example, you might have 10 minutes where information is presented and the students take notes that are in their e-binder, but you follow that with like two minutes for them to individually process that information, followed with another two minutes for them to collaboratively summarize their new learning. So that's one way to get them to come back and revisit on a regular basis. When I think of... Um, 
the whole process of recollect or recollecting. I think of um, early in my career, I had a chance to hear Madeline Hunter speak. She was um, a big um, person in education in terms of methods. And um, she really talked about how the brain is like this thick forest. And our goal is to help create paths in the woods. And the first time we travel a path, a lot of times we look back and we're like, how did we get there? Obviously, we got from point A to point B. But when you look back, you can barely see the path and how you got there. But the more often you travel the path, the clearer the path becomes to the point that you no longer even need to think about the path because it becomes so automatic. It's so clear. It's just so known. And um, if the path is really solid, the path can remain years later, even if you're not revisiting it very often. So that need to um, revisit in order to have that long-term retention is so important. So e-binders can be used to help can be used to help um, develop those solid paths for our learners. So we've been talking about e-binders, which are used to support that studying and learning. Another way to organize learning is with the e-portfolios that Rena was kind of teasing about a little bit. The e-portfolios are a bit different in that they're the collection of the student's finished projects and or performances that provides evidence of their knowledge and skills. Um, they show students growth over time, which can then be used to reflect on their learning the way that Rena was describing with the e-binder. They can also be shared with others like family, employers, or even colleges to celebrate and then to highlight students' skills and achievements. Rena, what are some specific ways that students can use e-portfolios? Well, you were just talking about colleges, and I heard somewhere, I need to figure out where this was, have all these quotes, and I can't put names to them, but I, I know that colleges, it was, I read somewhere that they will spend on average somewhere between three and five minutes longer looking at a student portfolio than a student essay. So it can be really beneficial in that way. And I was also just reading about data visualization and how the brain can organize data visualization in a different way and take more in at once. And if students can portray their understanding and learning in lots of different ways in these e-portfolios, um, it also will help others. And they can portray more with less with all of the digital platforms and awesome resources that we have for students to use. I love that students can create essentially a showcase. So ePortfolio kind of reminds me of a showcase of a collection of all of their amazing work. It's a celebration. And I was thinking during remote learning, it'd be really fun and to do a virtual open house. So it'd be cool to have like a, create a web page and you could have everybody's link to their e-portfolio and it'd be like a virtual open house and you could look at everyone's different work and then I, they could put in whatever they wanted, videos, visuals, audio, whatever it is. Similar if you were doing a STEM night or something like that, you could do it in a remote way that could be engaging. Um, and I'm, I'm going to re-highlight the positive digital footprint because we're constantly trying to allow our students to practice creating a positive image for themselves online. Um, and it connects to that global communicator, the ISTE standard. And I know there's lots of different e-portfolio tools out there beyond. I, Paul mentioned OneNote and Google Sites. They're great. Um, and then also for some of the younger learners, we have Seesaw, Book Creator, Creator, and even like Google Slides, Sway, and Microsoft. All of those work great. So, Paul, do you have any other ideas or maybe for some of our secondary students? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking about the fact that e-portfolios are beneficial to both the student and the teacher. Mm. And it's not like a, a one-track thing here. Um, for the student, I think of it as really facilitating the growth mindset because it doesn't become just about one thing. It's about a process of trying to get better and better. So like if I'm an artist, I keep a portfolio of my artwork, but then I can continually see how I grow. If I'm a musician, I'm going to keep re recording songs and try to get better with each one. When I used to teach creative writing, my students would collect their writing in an e-portfolio and then at some point pick out the very best ones to publish beyond that. Um, in fact, we used to have the saying, a good writer will send out a hundred manuscripts to get one published. And it's not a one and done thing. You have to have that growth mindset to do it over and over and keep getting better. And then on the teacher side, we talked about this in the past on one of the past episodes, but it really can reduce teacher workload as well. You don't have to grade every single thing that a student turns in. Um, the student can practice and try five times and let you grade the best of the five. So it's, it's kind of a win-win deal there. Speaking of win-win, we have tech tools that can be winners for our teachers and students. Rena, kick us off. So I'm going to start us off with OneNote. So Paul had mentioned OneNote, and I think of OneNote as a digital binder. Um, I personally love OneNote and use it in a lot of different ways for myself to really help organize my work and also put all of my favorite things in OneNote. When I think of the digital binder, it has sections, and then within those sections, it has pages and Probably my favorite thing about OneNote, because I'm a very visual person and the way I see things is sometimes different than other people. It's like an endless whiteboard. I can use my digital pen and I can draw and I can write and I can import videos and they're right there. And then I can write about the videos and draw about the video while it's playing all around it. Um, so I just love the versatility of it. And even if I'm using Google, I can put the links from Google into my OneNote. So I definitely use both but I find it really powerful. And then there's also class notebook if you're using it with students, which is an add-on. And that way you can see, you can create a notebook for every student and you can see every student's and you can even push things out to all students. Oh, nice. I used to use OneNote with even teaching my fifth graders and absolutely loved it. Have moved to a Google school, so I miss OneNote, but I didn't know about class notes. That would have made it so much easier. Nice. I kind of want to honor some of the ideas from our Twitter colleagues. You know, when we have our weekly Twitter chats on Tuesday night, some of them mentioned, like Paul mentioned, that um, Google Sites is such a great creation, a web creation tool that works nicely for both eBinders and ePortfolios. And then they also shared, you know, Google Slides or PowerPoint if you're a Microsoft school are great too. They're very easy, versatile, and they can be published in that web format too. So it can look like a website. It doesn't have to necessarily look like a, um, like a PowerPoint or a presentation. It can very much be a nice way to highlight those achievements in a portfolio or for revisiting in an e-binder. Yeah, and think, speaking of portfolios, uh, Seesaw is one of my favorites and it's, it's actually a learning journal, but that's essentially a portfolio. What I love about it is it's super simple to collect multimedia samples. I mean, video, pictures, it's links. It's awesome for those kinds of things, drawings. But even the youngest learners can do it. We're using it with our, our pre-K kids and they can do it. Our kindergartners can do it. And it's, it's a great way for them to learn how to collect examples of some of the things that they're most proud of. And then I know Seesaw kind of stresses, get kids to recognize wow work. 
You know, when it's wow work, then it's good enough to put in your portfolio. You don't have to put a picture of your lunch bag in the portfolio. You know, put the things in that you're really proud of. That's really your wow work. Yeah, I know my first graders use it, well, all my kids, but my first graders very easily, I love that they can take a picture, they can draw, and then they can record their little voices and explain what they're proud of about it. And it's just so they have picked it up very quickly. Parents really love it too. That's what I was just going to say. The parents love it too. (laughs) Yeah, because talk about giving them an authentic audience. I mean, they they get to have their families listen to what they do and talk about um, fueling the hearts of the parents and the families to be able to hear those little voices and what they're doing is pretty cool. I think it's time for our one thing. So as you think back to our conversation today about the power of e-binders and e-portfolios, you know, the idea of having uh, means in which to collect, reflect, and recollect, What's your one big takeaway? Paul, let's start with you. What's your big takeaway? Well, I'm thinking about Rena's story early on about the pumpkin and the mm-hmm. uh, phenomenon based. I was thinking as the pumpkin decays, the learning grows. Mm. Decay and growth in the same example, Rena. It was just like, that's kind of profound in a, in a cool interwoven way. But beyond that, uh, my one thing is that we need organization because without that, it's really hard to be successful in school and work. If you can't find it, you can't do it. And we need to help kids develop these skills early. Absolutely. And I was thinking about the reflection piece and without reflection, there's not really any revision. And if there's no revision, there's really no growth. And if there's no growth, then there's really no deep learning. And as I loved Pam's, I guess it was an analogy you shared, but then there's no clear pathway made that's going to stand time. Yeah. And it is hard to see and celebrate that growth when it's short periods of time, like a school term. Technology really provides us the means to collect and revisit those learning artifacts of learning over months and even years. So um, it provides us not only a greater audience, which to share and celebrate our growth and achievements, but a way for us to see it individually. So we can do that reflection. Um, It's pretty powerful. Thanks for joining us this week, all of our listeners. And in the spirit of eBinders, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can easily join us each week. You can think of your subscription to our podcast as your podcast eBinder that lets you collect every episode in one place, reflect on what you've heard, and either even come back if you want to remember a strategy that you heard or a tool that we talked about. We really appreciate you being here, and we hope to see you again next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help you bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central for live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote and hybrid learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers, We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. You can also call us and leave a message at 858-223-8999. Please share your comments or feel free to ask us a question. Once again, that's 858-223-8999. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. Thanks for listening and have a great week. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do you make a difference.